Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you are doing well this week. I've missed you, I've always, always, always miss you, and I know you know that porque here we are, and I continue to show up as weekly as I can type of thing. Yeah, all that good stuff. But anyways, I, I I just have so much to talk about with all of you today. But let's be real, in a podcast episode, there's just always so much to talk about. But I want to start off with this. I'm pretty sure last time, I, I, somewhere on my socials, I had mentioned that I had been looking forward to attending a bachata night porque I just love that. I love that so much. And I think it has to do with the fact that like, well, I'm 28, right? And obviously there was a point in my life where I was drawn more to like, you know, clubs y cosas así, right? But it's funny because growing up specifically in like my early mid-20s, I was always so picky on like which clubs I would go to, like I guess dancing places, I don't know, something like that, porque I only liked going to places that would just play reggaeton, because I don't know, I've, I've gone to other places to try and dance to basically music that isn't reggaeton, and it's just never my vibe, and I don't know if I've shared this with all of you before, pero I'm that type of person que when I go out like dancing, like at clubs y cosas así, I literally spend the whole night dancing. The only time I'll like take breaks is obviously see I want to get a drink of something. I'm and I say something for a reason because of says I just need water if you know what I mean. And I just I don't know. I don't really when I would go out like that, I never really spent it too much to socialize. I know coming from the podcaster herself, what? Me going out and not socializing? Cake? No, no, no. It's because it's it's just it's hard to talk in those loud settings and uh so yeah, I always spent it just dancing cosas see. But as I got an older, I I don't know. No me llama la atención tanto, especially because, well, like I said, it's just I don't I don't really find that many reggaeton clubs, TBH, and I guess I'm just in a different era. So it was actually last year I started discovering these types of, you know, bachata salsa night. But it's so funny because bachata night is only on Wednesdays, and I just transitioned to record and upload podcast episodes on Wednesdays. So I was planning on going to Bachata a night today because it starts like at 8.40 in Riverside. And then I remembered, wait, I have to record. So I put a pause and I'm going to like, I mean, what I could do is just record my Wednesday, like the day I go to Bachata night, because it's not like an every Wednesday thing. It's nomás cuando me da la gana, me da la gana. I can just record earlier in the day and then just set it to upload around this time like I normally would. But I'm just like, oh, so this is your sign. If, you know, you want to like try something new that maybe you haven't done before and you love dancing as much as me, Google find. Honestly, I've been finding a lot of these fun activities on TikTok, and I've been finding affordable ones more located in Riverside because another like activity type thing that popped up on my TikTok was in the Riverside County. There's there's basically like classes to learn how to make. I think it was like mojitos, but not the basic mojitos like 
cool mojitos. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, Riverside's kind of popping. And a lot of these classes are like $10, but nothing more than 20. So I'm like, whoa. And I don't know, just thought I'd throw that out there in case, you know, you want to check some stuff out. Now, okay, me hit this. So, okay. So I'm very happy porque now in my little home office, I... Because for the longest time, I would only work off of my laptop. You all know this from me sharing it with you and, you know, when you would all watch my TikTok and Instagram videos, only laptop type of thing. But I was so, so fortunate because my younger, youngest sister, she she doesn't like to call herself a gamer because she says she does it more for fun. But I feel like, I don't know, I hope with time she kind of explores it a bit, like the the whole twitching stuff. But anyways, because she has the whole setup. But okay, she gifted me her second monitor. So I've been using that to keep working on my book. And it's been so helpful. It's been a game changer. And honestly, I've always knew, known, I've always known that I've needed two screens in my work life, if I'm being honest. And I know I would talk a lot about it on socials too, Whenever I had huge projects do, like I remember this one point where I was studying for my CSETs and then also finalizing my abstract to submit to present at a conference, which I did last summer, and go over just some other stuff, right? I would push myself to go to my university library and I would, because you know how at the university libraries you can, I, I think, rent the the computer like you just log on using your user like your student username and password and you can use the school computer and then I would use my laptop as well so my laptop had like let's say my google docs study guide open but then my the computer monitor from the university it would have like some type of article or whatever else that I was working on and uh, I just never was able to give myself that type of at home workspace these last few years because just the space I had didn't have the capacity to do so. And I've shared about that in the past. But now that, you know, I'm here doing the thing, I have a second monitor. And I got so emotional about it like the other day because I had always, 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 especially this year, I've actually honestly that's the chiquita. And when I'm saying this is the chiquita, I'm talking about my teenage self, if I'm being really honest. And I've always dreamt of just having my own, I don't know, like office workspace. Like, I don't know, like I just always saw myself having that type of vicinity. I just didn't know what it was going to be or what it was going to look like, especially at such a young teenage age when college, I never even thought would be an option for me, you know? And then obviously when I started community college, et cetera, that's when I started learning about PhD programs and learning how like, once you become a PhD candidate, you can have your own workspace, right? Like all that stuff. So when this year started, before I got my rejection letters that, you know, I literally was just envisioning and planning, like I'm finally going to have my own workspace as a PhD student this year, you know, and what would hype me up a lot too is just when you go on academic Instagram, the PhD candidates, like when they're working on their dissertation and stuff like that, a lot of the times um, they're able to share office spaces, but even though it's a shared office space on campus, they have their own desk with, you know, 
just their own little work area in a shared space. And to me, that was always a dream. I know everybody else has different dreams, but that was just one of mine. And then obviously that didn't happen, but that's okay because with me coming back here, it's like I was able to make my little dream working space come true. And it's, it's, it's so small, but yet so humble, but yet bigger than what I've ever had before. Because I don't know how I did it these last four years. I was working from coffee out of coffee shops. I was working out of the classrooms. And if you've been in K through 12 education, you know the classrooms. Like, even if it's quiet, even if like you're not expecting anyone, the principal can come walking in or the kids can come and knock on the door because they're in the after school program and they want to come say hi. The janitor comes in. So it's just like never really your own closed vicinity. And I would even work out of my car. And I would, when I was working at the diner, after my diner shifts, I would work, I would stay after, especially if I had a lot of work to do. And I would just sit at one of the small two-seater booths and just work. Obviously, I would work on stuff that didn't need Wi-Fi, but you know what I mean. So for me to go through all that like BS, like respectable BS, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, we we all got we all experience having to put in hustle before getting to the next chapter of what we want where we want to be. And that's why I just I appreciate my little office so much. And it's just it's mine and it makes me so happy. And I don't know. It's just ah especially with having a second monitor because it makes a big difference and it helps with my I don't know. It just helps me a lot. And it's funny porque Right now, I have like sticky notes all around my desktop monitor of like the super important things I just have to do. Even though my agenda, like I mark down the stuff que tengo que hacer, verdad? But the monitor just has the super extra important sticky notes. And uh, I just, I, I just get so happy. And I'm not even gonna lie, I feel like the luckiest mujer in the world when I get to share about these things with all of you because. I just, you all know this, me being on social media, like, I love being a role model. I would never change it for the world. I love it. Obviously, there's hard days, just like there's super good days, but I love it. And that's why I'm on social media, to be a role model for the next generation of Latinas as a first-generation Latina graduate, first-generation entrepreneur, first-generation founder, first-gen, and all the different areas that I can be in. (laughs) Ahora, mi gente, I just got to throw this reminder out there, especially because I've been implementing it so much more these last few weeks because since I've I've been working for myself these last two, I think almost three months, maybe I'm counting two ahead, but two months, I've been able to strategize my time in a way I never thought would be possible for me simply because I don't know how to explain it, but it genuinely brings me joy when I sit down and I really research through Google, like spend my time looking and even looking through LinkedIn and cosas así, and I find scholarship resources or scholarship information, or just a scholarship you can apply in general, especially as an undergrad grad student, because I know we have super awesome organization, nonprofits, platforms such as the Hispanic Scholarship Fund. I recently discovered bold.org. And there's other things, right? Scholarship Owl. But if I could just put in the time to, I, 
I guess, look for the scholarships that are open to the public, again, specifically towards undergrad grad students, and share that with all of you that because maybe it just doesn't happen to be on those bigger name platforms I just mentioned to you, then I will do that. Because as I've been doing my research, honestamente, mi gente, there really are a good amount of organizations that put some funding aside, even if it's a couple hundred dollars or maybe 2000 algo es algo, they put it aside, they raise whatever it may be to have it available for students to apply. Now, I'm not going to lie, it does take work. I easily put in, I think, three hours in the week sitting down and looking for scholarships because that's the other thing I've been doing too. I've been making sure to find scholarships that, so right now we are in July, right? And I, I, I've been finding scholarships, right, that I've been saying, but I'm being more conscious of finding scholarships that have a deadline that's at the end of July or sometime in August, because sometimes I can get into the scholarship loophole. I mean, is that the, not a loophole, like the scholarship just, I can get lost in the scholarship world and find awesome, you know, programs and things to apply to, but won't open up till October, November, which it makes sense because that's during the fall time when a lot of students are already back in cam on campus, et cetera. And I don't know, it's just fun. And I'm going to have some things coming up soon regarding all of that, but I've just been really been enjoying it because... When I was in credential program and even when I was in my master's, like I always had it in the back of my mind. I want to share more about scholarships. I want to da da da. But it's just the ones I, I would do it though, because you know, if I was on Instagram and an opportunity would arise, whether it was for a grant or applying to a scholarship, I would share that on my IG story. But I always felt like I just wasn't doing enough, especially with again, just the wavelength that I'm in in my life where I'm in a position to just focus on this one thing, which is be a resource, an amiga for all of you, make myself stable type of thing. And it was just hard. And obviously, like, I also being hard on myself because I'm like, Sarah, why can't you do it all? Like, but now it's, I've definitely had to accept things I did not want to accept. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. I, Estrellita, had to accept things I did not want to accept, complete denial with the fact that I no longer was going to be a student while being on social media. I don't know why. It was just so hard for me to swallow that pill. But I know it was also hard because I just value higher education so much, but I just had to remind myself really, really hard, Estrella, you can always reapply to programs. Estrella, you can, you know, type of thing. Ugh. My gosh, but once I got past that hurdle, once I got past the denial, the denial that a lot of the times people don't want to accept, and I'm including myself heavily, it just, I was then able to see all the doors that could be open for you and I, where again, it's just those three hours I would typically spend, let's say, doing homework, commuting from class, things like that. I would be able to put it and just researching and looking up scholarships, organizing them type of things. And that's just one content pillar of the type of work I'm doing right now as, you know, a Latina founder who's trying to be here in the long run. And I don't know, I just appreciate you a lot. And I'm really enjoying this work. And it just, 
I don't know what I'd do without all of you. I really don't. Because while I'm helping you, you're, you're helping me. I literally think about y'all all the time. I just, I can't explain it. It's crazy. I think I've even mentioned this too when like I would be going to therapy these last two years. I would bring you all up like, like because I care about you so much and how I go about everything. And it's, it was cute because the, the therapists I would have, they just, they, they showed that they cared, which made me feel like I was in a safe place to keep talking about all of you, even though we've never really met in person type of thing, you know? Ahora, mi gente, we have some more exciting news updates I want to share with you. So, again, shout out to Latina Grad Guide. You know, if you're not already following Valerie over there, please go follow her. She's just so awesome. She knows all the ins and outs of so many things regarding grad school for Latinas. But, she, oh my gosh, Super awesome. The reason why I'm exciting, excited is because she had shared a post letting us all know that the Cal State University system, the largest, hold on, the nation's largest public four-year university system has its first ever Latina chancellor. Mildred Garcia is also officially the 11th chancellor ever in the CSU system. And the CSU system has 23 campuses all around. And the reason why this is just so exciting is porque we are still in a generation, an era, whatever you want to categorize it as, where we need representation of our people in all these spaces, specifically positions of power. I know you have all heard me say that in the past, but it's very, very true because cuando nuestra gente, nuestra gente who just get it, that know the power of representation and them being representation and being in positions to open more doors, serve at role models, it helps so much. And Mildred Garcia, with her being named the CSU chancellor and things like that, she had an article written in the LA Times. I'm pretty sure she had other articles written as well, but this was the one that just caught my attention the most. And one of the things that... I really enjoyed from her article was when she had said this after receiving the position as a chancellor. Garcia says, I was given the opportunity, the opportunity to excel. And that is one of the most important lessons, the opportunity for all to reach their highest potential. And I'm just so excited, mi gente. I can't see... I can't, <laughs> I can't see, I'm so excited, my words are just, <laughs> but I'm very excited to see what Garcia, the wonderful Miss Garcia, has in store for us in her new position. And uh, as always, I, I do the best that I can to keep you all updated with all of this, you know? But I will mention this too. If you want to be more updated, I guess, in super real time, because as many of you know, I upload podcast episodes once a week for now. Maybe I'll jump back on to twice a week. It just depends on everything. But um, on LinkedIn and right now, Instagram thread, I've been loving IG threads so much. But those two platforms specifically... And TikTok, TikTok too. Those three, I post just a lot of scholarship updates, these types of things like with what happened with affirmative action and right now with 
um, Mildred Garcia. I post those more in real time. So if you want to go ahead and follow me on there, I'll definitely link, you know, the hyperlinks of my profiles in the show notes so that you could have access to that. But I definitely, if you can, I would love to know your thoughts some way, shape, or form. I know, don't worry, me going onto YouTube will be coming soon. But if you just want to share with me your thoughts on IG threads, maybe wherever you you would like, I, I would like to know. Porque whatever you all want to share, I want to be able to listen. Ooh, okay, okay, mi gente. Now this, going back to IG threads, threads, thread, you know what I'm saying, but for very good reason. I wasn't kidding where I just, the reason why I've been loving IG threads so much is porque, you know how all of us as human beings naturally, organically, fresh starts can be really good for us. And that even goes with the type of socials that we use. And I just feel like IG threads It's given a fresh start for so many people, whether you're a content creator or whether you're just somebody that just likes to scroll for fun type of thing. And it's just, it's always just nice to get something new that's valuable and fun after, you know, some time and embrace what comes after it. And this, I asked the question about six days ago. I'm telling you, I'm super active on IG thread. So if you want to check me out there. And it was, what does being first gen mean to you? I got a couple of responses. I'm going to read a few, but the last one I will read out loud to you. I just, I feel it's important to highlight. So again, what does first gen mean to you? And H. Remy had mentioned, I think identifying with a generation in general helps us understand how we came up within our culture. Next Colectava Brands shared, I think speak love and dream in two cultures and two realities forever. That's what first gen means to me. And the last one I want to highlight was Carla Iveth mentioned, low key, I don't know if I'm first gen or the immigrant sometimes. Either way, es ponerse las pilas every day and make the sacrifices made for us worth it. And her comment really stood out to me, and I went ahead and asked her to elaborate a bit more on her statement. So then Carla proceeds with saying, I am an immigrant because I came here when I was a child. My parents, being the original dreamers, brought me here. The terminology is just a little confusing. Again, super valid. And this isn't the first time I've heard these types of conversations, statements, questions come up in regards to the whole first-gen experience. I remember last summer on TikTok, it was being talked about a lot. And even when I was presenting at conferences last year, those questions would come up after my presentations. So I went ahead and responded to Carla based on my experience as Estrellita. I'm going to say Estrellita. <laughs> and with everything I stand by. I see. Well, if you are the first in your family to pursue a path, a dream that your previous generations never had the opportunity to do so, then I'd say you're first gen. If you were brought here, you are a dreamer 
who is paving a new path different than your padres. Either way, you can identify with both the immigrant and first-gen experience because they are what makes you you who you are. Both experiences are valid. My multifaceted mijita. And honestly, mi gente, I'm just so glad that Carla and I, we were able to really talk about this virtually, bring it up for whoever else wants to read it and feel empowered by it or be able to have that seed to think about. I think it's good. Now, I want to take two steps back and focus a little bit on H. Remy's comments. I think identifying with the generation in general helps us understand how we came up within our culture. To me, that really hit home, porque I don't remember if I ever shared this with all of you, or maybe it was a super old episode. Super, super old. But one of the ways that I was able to cultivate Cuefecito con Estrellita outside of just you know, her having a heavy higher education content pillar was also me sitting down and truly understanding from the emotional aspect, the culture aspect, as many aspects as you can, what the first gen experience means, especially for someone like me who is a first gen graduate, who is a daughter of immigrants. And it was definitely a lot to take in because It would all start with me sitting down and reflecting back and feeling like I just grew up so feeling, honestly, feeling so different than my counterparts at school and things like that, specifically mainly more in middle school and high school, and just struggling to find my little place. And then as I continued on in college, it's just... Like, for example, when I was at community college and I was a really, really, like, active member for the a psychology research club, at least my cohort for that research club, I believe I was one out of two Latinas in our cohort. And that's that we were together for two and a half years. Yeah, I think there were only two of us that were Latinas. The rest were just, you know, either a non-minority race or... Well, I'm sure, I mean, you've been on university campuses, you know what I mean. And it's just, it's continued to trickle down from there. And I don't know, I've just had so many different good and interesting things come from being in places where there it feels like there's just not as much representation yet. And when I would think about that, as I was planning and brainstorming my diabolical plan to bring Cafecito con Estrellita to life, that's when I was just like, how does me being first gen affect me as a Latina overall, affect whether it was in a good way, a interesting way, you know? And it really helped me understand because as first gen, oftentimes you just, you're starting on a new path with minimal guidance trying to make something out of nothing at a whole different capacity than someone who, well, one, comes from super wealthy families or from someone that may be a later generation, maybe third generation, maybe fourth generation. And their background, their upbringing just happened to be a little more different than mine as first gen because Maybe they had more financial support. Maybe their parents were able to think, express, 
and support emotionally in a way that many of us with immigrant parents were not ever really able to receive because they were navigating their own challenges with coming to a new country, learning a new language, and just figuring out how to be a parent at a young age. It's crazy. All of it is so crazy. And really just being able to feel like you can identify with a generation as a Latino, Latina, Latinx, whatever you identify yourself with, I feel is super good. Because, for example, if I, let's say if I were a fourth generation Latina, right? Fourth generation Latina graduate, something like that. And I was able to, let's say I was able to receive the support that current first generation me never did. As a fourth generation Latina, I would do my best to be even more self-aware of the privileges that I have because everybody has privileges to an extent, you know? It's just what do we do with those? And if I were able to, I would really acknowledge those privileges and use them to open just even more doors, to build more conversations and be able to really rely on the support that's behind me, you know? Because it just, it's a lot, a lot that can happen between different generations. It's just what we do about it, what we can do to be aware with it. And then just being able to, again, just figure out which generation you could relate to. Because honestly, even if you are quote unquote second generation, you may find yourself relating even more to the first gen experience based on your circumstances. And that can basically help you even more understand why certain things happened the way that they did as you were on the path of getting your goals, making your goals happen as an academic or post-grad, things like that. So just wanted to throw that out there to give you something to think about because it definitely gave me something to think about. Ah, mi gente. Ah, uh-huh. I'm so sad, but you all know why I'm so sad because we are slowly coming to an end on this week's episode, but that's okay because that's just, you know, it, I'll, I'll be back and you all know this. I know this. But before we start to trickle away, which by the way, do any of you like when I use the word trickle? Because you know how, okay, so... When I used to watch YouTube beauty vloggers a lot more, I still do, it's just in vez en cuando, um, I would get so excited when they would have their little their little quirks, like Nikki tutorials. I'll still watch her, but one of the things I would always look forward to was when she would be like, I'm going to teach you the new Dutch word of the day. And I think if I remember correctly, she would have them at the end of her videos. So... I would always kind of look forward to that, even though it was the smallest thing. So I just wonder if any of you feel the same way when I say words like trickle away, because like, I don't know who says that other than me. Not that it's bad, but it just makes me kind of laugh because I've always been like that. I just witty slash quirky type of thing. But anyways, one of the last things I definitely wanted to share with all of you is that Ah, my gosh, it's a little bit of cheese, nothing crazy, but I guess I'm actively, not I guess, 
Come on, Estrellita, you're a proud Capricorn. Be a proud Capricorn. We don't, you know, we, we don't use filler words like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Filler words for different occasions are good, but I don't want to use filler words for now with this topic. But your little cafecito con Estrellita, I'm just kidding. Cafecito, your little cafecito con Estrellita is actively dating right now. And I don't know. It's not, I don't know. It's been fun. And all I have to say, mijita, is that what one man won't do, another will. And depending how things continue to play out, I will continue to update y'all with some more cheesemate. I have been more active with sharing this cheesemate on IG threads if you want to be, you know, checking out over there. Because who doesn't love good cheesemate, to be honest? But I'll leave it at, the, at that for now via podcast episodes. But, oh my gosh. Just please, please, please always remember this, mijita. Always, always keep this in mind. Tu puedes. You did not make it this far just to make it this far. And last but not least, if you are constantly worrying about the whole world, worrying about que va a decir la gente, worrying about la familia, then who is going to worry about you? You deserve the best, mijita. You deserve to allow yourself to continue to flourish. Te quiero mucho. Les quiero mucho. Please, please, please don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe to my podcast, Cafecito con Estrellita, on any platform that you use to listen to your podcast. Please rate, review, share mi podcast. And cuídense y hablamos pronto. Adios.